So, Alan, do you have the time? It's TARDIS time. Who are they? Who are we? Who are we dealing with? Who the heck are Hello, friends and fellow Whovians, and welcome back to a new season of our podcast, the Tardis Time Podcast. I'm your host, and my name is Paul Shirley, and I'm joined tonight by one of my best friends, Alan Boone. That's it. It's Alan Boone over there. You uh, over there. I'm looking at him. Oh, I see him. He's in the room with you. That was terrifying. <laughs> so uh, you may be wondering, um, those of you that listened to last season, why we're on a whole new feed. Well, this is a new era for the TARDIS Time podcast. As you may well know, our beloved comic book podcast with our co-host Seth Breedlove, I almost said Seth Breedslove, uh, came to an end this year due to life and things of that nature bigfoot mostly mostly bigfoot but also you know life his new life with bigfoot <laughs> right he, uh seth and bigfoot have started their new life together um with adrian i believe it's actually seth adrian and bigfoot now oh i'm not sure how that works legally or whatever i had to go to canada to work it out yeah or utah um <laughs> is this just is that still a thing <laughs> Uh, anyways, this is not the, uh, Bigfoot podcast, nor is it the, uh, uh, polygamy podcast. This is the podcast about Dr. Who brought to you from myself and Alan Boone. And we will be continuing this podcast in years to come. That's true. As long as Dr. Who endures, we shall as well. That's true. And we're here tonight to bring you a double whammy even. Over the first two episodes of Series 9 of Doctor Who, Peter Capaldi's second season as the Doctor. But before we do, Alan shared with me an interesting tidbit of Doctor Who-related news that he stumbled upon today. Alan, would you like to share that with us? I will do that. So, the BBC announced that they are having a spinoff from Doctor Who. Hmm. They're calling it Class. It's about the Cole Hill School, which is the school where Clara taught, if you've watched the recent seasons. It's also the school where the doctor had his start. His start? Yeah. Way back in the first episode, An Unearthly Child, two teachers learned that one of their students was actually a time-traveling alien whose grandfather took her around in the TARDIS. Hmm. So this series is building off of that, written by a young adult author, uh, Patrick Ness. Ness. Like from Earthbound. Is there any relation there, you think? Probably not. He's written young adult stories in the vein of Hunger Games and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I in don't the know vein what of? Is, what? 
in the vein of you said the Hunger Games and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. See, in the vein of get it because they're vampires and they bite veins. I get it, but that would be two different veins, I would say. Well, I'm quoting the article. I'm not right. Right. I'm just curious I'm as to not... what do you think that means. What... Are they saying that his fiction is like a mix between The Hunger Games and Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I think it's just saying that they're just listing young adult fiction that's popular at this point. Okay. Is Buffy the Vampire Slayer young adult fiction popular at this point? Uh, For people who grew up in the 90s, it is. I guess that's true. It says, with all the action, heart, and adrenaline of the best YA fiction, that's young adult for those in the Young know, adult. Then it says parentheses. It doesn't say that. There's an actual parentheses punctuation. Right. It's an right. open parentheses, if you must know. Hmm. And it says within the parentheses, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, comma, The Hunger Games, in parentheses, comma, this is Cole Hill School and Doctor Who like you've never seen them before. Never before. Stephen Moffat, who is a co-producer, I believe, says no one has documented the dark and exhilarating world of the teenager like Patrick Ness. And now we're bringing this brilliant storytelling into Doctor Who. This is growing up in modern Britain, but with monsters. I added the... (laughs) Okay, that just sounded like you have some sort of like terrible allergies. I do. Well, that's probably true. This this rain has helped a little, I think. So this is the first time we've had a spinoff from Doctor Who since, like, the Tenet era, right? Yeah, because back then we had Torchwood and Sarah Jane Chronicles, and wasn't there some third one? It's the Sarah Jane Adventures, right? Yeah. Right? I, earlier, I was thinking I almost, of Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah, I was going to say I almost said Sarah Connor Chronicles earlier. That would have been funny. Different time travel, different, different uh, series, different... Everything. What were you saying? Um, I was saying something about the. Uh, wasn't there a third spinoff around that era? Was there? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm misunderstanding. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're about to go uh, off the rails. So yeah, who knows? I was going to Google it, but I'm not. I don't know what's what's going on, but uh, I feel like we should probably just move on. Yeah. So they didn't tell us anything about the casting. So who knows what this is all going to be about, but it's starting to shoot next spring and it'll be out next year, 2016. That's pretty quick. So we'll be looking forward to that in 2016. Um, Hopefully that'll be good. I mean, if Moffat's involved with it, I'm sure it'll be good. Oh yeah. Um, I like Moffat. We have faith in Moffat. Little Miss um, Moffat said on Toffet. <laughs> you think that's where he got his name? Uh, I have no idea. He I probably think, just got it from his parents. I think that's Muffet in the story. I think you're right. Yeah. So series nine of Doctor Who begins uh, with Clara and the Doctor back in good graces with one another, thanks to the Christmas special, which was called Last Christmas. Yeah, an alien. Bob. Yep, the alien-esque episode of Doctor Who that put them back into being traveling partners, or so we thought. 
So we uh, thought. At the end of last season. This season begins with Peter Capaldi, and Moffat wastes no time with a two-part, uh, well, I was going to say a two-part episode. It's a two-parter, two-episode arc, um, the first of which is called The Magician's Apprentice, and the second of which is called The Witch's Familiar. Yeah, it is. Alan, would you like to give us a synopsis of these two episodes? Yeah, and just up front, spoiler warning. Uh, so, the doctor has sent out his last will and testament, or in Time Lord lingo, it's his confession, his darkest secrets on a little disc thingy, to his greatest friend, Missy. Not Clara, Missy. Missy. So Missy shows up at Cole Hill School, where Clara lives, I mean works, and tells Clara the doctor thinks he's going to die, we need to do something about it. So they go and find him in Medieval Land, where he is wearing pajama pants, a t-shirt, his suit jacket thingy, sunglasses, an axe, and by axe I mean guitar, while riding a tank and shredding on the axe. And he's supposed to fight a dude, and he and the dude don't fight. They just battle wits, and the tank's there, and Clara and Missy are like, what? And he's just yucking it up. Yuck, yuck, yuck. And so, yeah, turns out some, some like, Palpatine-looking guy wants the Doctor to come with him. The Doctor goes with him. Because Davos, Davros, the creator of the Daleks, wants to talk to the Doctor. And I should mention there was a flashback at the start where the doctor showed up in some war-torn planet and some child was in the middle of hand mines. Hand mines, if you don't know, are hands with eyeballs that jump up out of the ground and pull you under. Terrifying. Very terrifying. So the doctor says he's going to rescue this kid, finds out his name is Davros, steps in his TARDIS, and vanishes away. And leaves his sonic screwdriver there with him. He tosses him a screwdriver when he was planning to save him before he knew who he was. So then, anyway, this man, who is Palpatine, but with snakes, uh, convinces the Doctor to go with them. And they take the Doctor and the Clara and the Missy and the TARDIS all to a mysterious floaty place, which turns out to be Scarrow, the land of the Daleks. And Davros is like, kill them, and they die. And the TARDIS dies. And then the Doctor and Davros are all like, Hey, what's up? What you do that for? And so then, the next episode comes through. And whenever they go through to... Uh, uh, we see the Doctor showing back up to the kid and holding a laser gun at him and says, I'm saving my friends. With his attack eyebrows. It says exterminate, right? Uh, something like that, yeah. I vaguely remember that. I think he says exterminate. I think that's how you like activate the gun. That's right. That's right. Cause we find that out in the second episode, the witch is familiar, which opens with Clara and Missy still alive. And they're exploring a Dalek sewer, which is not full of poop as we learned because Daleks don't poop. Instead, it's dead Daleks cause Daleks, Basically live forever if they're not killed, but they still grow old, so they just turn into this mushy brown, ewy gooey nasty. They turn into poop. Yeah, but they're alive. Living Dalek poop. 
Reminds me of that episode of Red vs. Blue, where he's talking to the one guy about some kind of alien. He says, well, does your species, uh, or what's the worst thing on your planet? And they say something. He says, well, does that excrete? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, well, does ex- it's excretion than excrete. So. Okay. Yeah. So that's what this was. The worst thing in the universe excretes, and then that excretion excretes. And so Missy and them, they go down there, and they kill a Dalek, and Clara gets hidden in the Dalek, while the doctor's up there talking to Davros, being like, what do you want, man? Just what do you- Clara gets gets hidden in the Dalek. You said that really just nonchalantly. Yeah. I mean, she's stuck in the Dalek, and she can't say anything except in the Dalek voice. And the Dalek machinery can't say anything like love or joy or uh, right. like she can't say I, Daleks don't have identity. So they can't say I am Clara. It says I am a Dalek, right? which I can't emulate because I don't have a robot voice. True. So anyway, the doctor and Davros battle wits. Uh, the doctor rips him out of his chair. So he's just laying there, you know, a torso and the doctor pops out and a Dalek uh, base, I guess, chair, basically, and says, uh, my favorite line in the whole two episodes, admit it, you've all had this nightmare. And so he's out there wheeling and dealing and spinning, doing donuts in a Dalek butt. And he, uh, (laughs) all the Daleks are flipping out. And uh, yeah, so Missy and Clara Dalek, which... Harkens back to Clara's first appearance, except she was Oswin or something like that then. Yeah. And she was a Dalek. Uh, but anyway, so, yeah. They're running around upstairs, and then uh, the Doctor and Davros are talking, and the Doctor's like, Hey, Davros, okay, I get it. You're dying you you're saying all these things you're you're paying lip service to me and all that crap what do you want he's like i want to see the sun one more time with my own eyes and the doctor's like okay i'll will you by this window and he's like i can't open my eyes and the doctor's like here's some regeneration energy and davros is like <laughs> and the doctor's like what and he's like <laughs> And so the Davros starts sapping out all of the regeneration energy. And so he's back alive and no longer dying. And all the Daleks are like, oh, yeah, what's this going on? I got some strength up in here. And Missy and Clara are running around. And so it turns out that that was a bad idea. The doctor knew what was happening all along. And he gave the regeneration. It was a bad idea for Davros, I mean. Yeah. The doctor gave him his regeneration energy on purpose, and all the dead poopy Daleks came back to life and broke the planet. Because ima- all the dead, all the dead poopy Daleks. Exactly. Because there are so many great quotes in this synopsis. Thank you. I strive to be the Stephen Moffat of Doctor Who synopsis, and I know I fall short, but that's what I aim for. So, anyway, imagine, like, if you've got a rock, and you feel all its cracks full of water, and then freeze it. That rock breaks. Well, that's what happened, except for with poopy Dalek poop. Poopy Dalek. 
And so the Dalek sewers fill up with live Daleks. Scaro breaks up to pieces. Uh, the doctor runs into Clara and's like, you're a Dalek, I'm gonna shoot you. And Missy's like, yeah, shoot this Dalek. And the doctor's like, nah. And tells Clara to say open. And she, or th- to thank open. And she just steps out of it. And so they run away and Missy's left there, surrounded by Daleks. And then the doctor's, and the reason uh, the doctor figured it out is because Clara said hope. And Daleks shouldn't be able to say hope. So to make sure that Daleks can say Hope, he goes back and saves Davros and says, Hope, that's a thing. Remember that. And then walks away. The Dalek also begs for mercy, right? Didn't she beg for mercy? That's it. Mercy. You're right. It's not Hope. I got Hope on the brain. You got Hope on the brain. Yeah, because Hope is such a beautiful thing. It is. Without Hope, you know, it's just bad. But you know what? So, Doc, go on. You know, go on with your. You know, though, hope can also be very cruel. But that's neither here nor there. It is. It's somewhere, though. It's somewhere. We'll pick that up in our philosophy podcast. Yes. So, Doctor Who, series nine, episodes one and two. Um, instead of giving us a single opener like we've had, I'm trying to think. Have I don't think any of the other of the new who doctors um opened with a two-parter is that correct uh well let's see they started out with the uh christopher eccleston and it opened on that weird mannequin one yeah that was weird that was a one-parter then david Tennant opened in that episode where he was in bed the whole time until the lion king monologue that was a one-parter which that was actually a christmas special you're a christmas special and then Matt Smith opened with Custard and Fish Fingers. And that was a one-parter. Indeed. It was a good one. That was so good. David Tennant so was good, too. Good. It was. David Tennant's, and by which you're speaking of the Christmas special, right? <laughs> I'm looking back, and I think this is the first season in New Who era to open with a two-parter. Um Unless I'm missing something, I'm pretty sure that's correct. Uh, so, yeah, this is the first time that Moffat has opened with a two-parter, which there's going to be what? Three? Are there going to be three two-parters this I, time? No, I don't know. Ask Moffat. I think there's going to be three. There's either three or four. Four seems like a lot since there's only uh, 13 episodes. I could be wrong. There could only be two. I know that they've increased the the two-part episodes this season, which is, which is a, I think, a good thing. Me too. I think the two-part episodes tend to be higher in quality to the single episodes. Yeah, I, I can see that. I think it depends, but generally I, I like those. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's not it's not a written rule that every single two-part episode is going to be fantastic. But some of the best episodes were two-parters. I mean, obviously Blink was a one-parter. Yeah. But one of, one of my all-time favorites is the one, I can't think of the title, um, but it's the one where David Tennant is a teacher. <clears throat> hides his memory in the in the watch. Yeah, the one with Corn Palel. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That is one of my f- all-time favorites. So that's a fantastic that's a one. one. Also, Silence in the Library, two-parter. That's a good one. And then the uh, the one with uh, a good man goes to war. Yeah, yeah, that's a Smith Matt one. 
Mm-hmm. And isn't the the one with the uh, where we first meet Captain Jack and the Are You My Mummy? Isn't that two parter? Yes, I believe it is. The second one, the first one's like uh, the Empty Child, and the second one's the Doctor Dances. So that's it. Yep, I couldn't remember the second that's one. Those are good. See, see, there's a lot of good two parters, so it, it it's good. It it bodes well for the season that uh, Moffat's bringing them into it because there weren't any last season except for the finale, which was poopy. If you want more on that, you can check out our last season's episodes, which are still available on the Ancillary Characters comic podcast feed, which can still be found on iTunes. On iTunes or Eartunes. They should really so, call it Eartunes. Really, you know? Your Eartunes instead of iTunes. Because we use our ears to listen, not our eyes. You're right. We're not fish. You should send a memo over to Apple. I'll do that. I'll let them know. I'll CC Tim Cook. And just let them know it should be ear tunes. Ear tunes. And that you expect royalties if they decide to go that route. Exactly. And I don't mean like the word ear. I mean, remove the I, like the letter I, and replace it with a drawing of an ear. For sure. Mm-hmm. For short. Doctor Who. Um, we're talking about Doctor Who, as we have been. Still talking about it. Doctor Who. Okay, so uh, this episode, these two episodes, as an opener, uh, where do you think it stands as one of the better season openings? One of the, would you put it akin to say uh, the eleventh hour, Matt season or Matt Smith's opener to his first season? I don't think anything would compare to that. Well, I guess what I'm saying is that being the number one best of all time and then I'd say the worst probably being Christopher Eccleston's opener or Eccleston his first season what would you say where would you say this falls somewhere in the upper half or the bottom half um I I need to think more about what the other ones were because I'm having trouble remembering which ones were the season openers but I want to say it's it's probably in the six range maybe a seven if it, yeah, if it gets I'm a in agreement. Compliment. I'm in agreement that it's in the top, uh, in the top half. It's a it's a great episode, and I'm not one necessarily for ranking. Um, well, ranking maybe more so than giving a numerical value in terms of how good it is. Yeah, but this this is a great opener, uh, and based on the way that the last season left me feeling about Doctor Who, um, they needed that. They needed a good opener, and I thought this was very very good. It was very entertaining. They dropped a lot of threads that could take us through the season, like the Doctor's um, confession, that disc with you know his will and testament. That's a thread that can go through the season. Obviously, they brought Missy back, and I love how they address that, by the way. I love how they address that, where Missy's basically just, uh, where she sees Clara there, uh, and she says, I can't remember exactly what the line was, but it was something along the lines of, not dead, um... And then she, she kind of spouts something off real quick, says something like, not dead, let's move on. Yeah, it's like, not even going to talk about it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which means... Not dead, big surprise, let's move on. Which means, uh, what's her name, whose name I can't remember, the one who wore the scarf might not be dead. You think so? I think so. That's a good point. Did she get cast in like an episode or something? I don't know. I don't know. It seems like maybe I read something about it. Seems that. like I did too. 
Maybe that's the something that Maisie Williams is supposed to be in it sometime. Oh yeah, that's right. So you know the the trailers and everything had us excited for the season. Obviously, it's Doctor Who. I'm excited about who? Doctor Who in general. I mean, here we are doing a podcast. LOL. Um, but the episode opens up, and immediately here we are. Missy's alive. Missy being the female incarnation of the Master. And the doctor is gone missing, and she wants Clara to help him find help her find him. So they go looking for him, and what ensues is just a very entertaining episode. I mean, doc, the doctor is in the medieval era, having like you know, it, it kind of looks like one of those medieval dinner shows. Yeah, like where they, like like where they're like fighting. And it's in the medieval times, and they eat dinner. Yeah, but they're they're in like a ring around it inside some sort of what looks like some sort of a building or a cave or something, and uh, they're having like they're going to have a fight, and it's the doctor's buddy whose name I can't remember, Bores maybe or something like that. Um, dude. And uh, he's out there with his axe, ready for a fight, and the doctor comes rolling in on a tank, shredding an electric guitar which he then refers to as his axe for an axe fight, you know, which is obviously a, uh, a reference that someone in medieval times would not get. Missy and Clara are there, and what ensues is just such a fun episode, and the writing on this episode was top-notch. Straight up. The quips that they had in that medieval scene, uh, plus there was a, like a preview prologue episode that was, what, like 10 minutes long? Something like that. Where the doctor and his medieval friend are running around digging wells and uh, just quipping. Where it has lots of funny clip quips like that. Yeah. And, you know, we're introduced to a lot of things that have kind of messed with the status quo. Obviously, Clara was back teaching. She didn't know where the doctor was. Hadn't seen him in a few days. Um, we're given this clip of the doctor in this distant world with the hand mines and the boy who reveals himself to be Davros. And the doctor's on the run, and he has given his last will and testament to Missy. He does not have a sonic screwdriver anymore. And as a fan of Doctor Who, we're already kind of put into a position where things, our footing is not as sure as maybe we thought it would be at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Which is clever. I mean, that's a smart way to start the season. You know, that that's something that Moffat has done again and again. If you look back to even like Matt Smith's season for example in his seasons the um the one with the astronaut at the beginning where in the first episode you watch him die for the rest of the show everything that happens you've just got that nagging feeling in the back of your mind that nagging thing saying what's going to happen how are they going to prevent this from happening the doctor dies at the end um whereas here it's it's we thought he was going to die and when we've got his last will and testament and the fact that he's got that on him and some of the things he's saying are boating or foreboding for the rest of the season. Yeah, like, like some of the lines that Missy was saying, like about the doctor, uh, about how we've never seen the doctor assuming he's gonna die because his like the key thing. First of all, the dialogue between Missy and Clara was inspired. It was amazing. It was great. Some of the best. Some of the best that we've had in ages. Mm -hmm. And whenever they were talking, trying to nail down 
what it is that makes the Doctor so effective. It's not that he's clever because lots of clever men die. It's that he always assumes he's going to win. And so the idea behind this episode was the Doctor is not sure. Which puts doubt in the mind of the the watch, the viewer, the fan. Because, I mean, the thing about the Doctor, and we mentioned this last season, um, I pointed out last season, actually my dad, who's a Doctor Who fan, had stated to me that he wasn't sold on Capaldi's Doctor, and he didn't like the direction that they were taking it because he felt like this new Doctor was not sure of himself, that he was not a step ahead at all times the way that Tennant had been, the way that Matt Smith had been, and even Eccleston, that he seems like he's playing catch-up and that he's not as sure of himself. And so this is basically tackling that head-on and, and sta saying it, stating that this is the first time that the Doctor doesn't believe he's going to win. Instead, he believes he's going to die. And I think they they kind of tried to make you believe that it was because of what he had done. Uh, and referring to what he had done, we're speaking of the time that he saw a little boy stranded in a field of hand mines and left him there to die. And that little boy was Davros. Because the whole hook for him going to visit Davros was that he had said he remembers. And the doctor, of course, knows that he's speaking of when they when he encountered him as a small child. The thing to me, and we'll just mention this and go on, the time, the timing is seems a little odd to me between those two things. How long at this point has the doctor had this face? Uh, not very, is my understanding. And, you know, when I watched that first episode, there he is, he's Peter Capaldi. I'm like, okay, well, this is recent. You know, this is within the last couple of years as time passes for the doctor, at least. Right. Uh, so the time passing between him meeting Davros and Davros, you know, remembering and then coming after him, I assume it has to have been pretty quick. Well, it's probably pretty quick for the doctor, but not so for Davros because yes. Davros is super right. old. And Davros yeah. may have only recently realized it was the doctor because of his new face. That's true. That's true. You know, but when I was watching it, I came to a point also where they they kind of seated you with a little bit of doubt. And this is in one of the cooler ep uh, parts of the second episode, which is familiar, where um, Missy is explaining when she's speaking with Clara about what makes the Doctor special, and they're showing basically refilmed clips from old episodes with the Doctor, and he has Capaldi's face. But she kind of addresses it and is like, well, they're all the same. It's, it's all the same guy, you know, and that it and it kind of makes you, for a second. It made me wonder if what we had been seeing with Davros had been a different face. But I don't think that's the fact. I don't think that's the, the case, um, namely because he left him his sonic screwdriver. Yeah, as well as the kid recognizes him whenever he shows back up again. Yes. So they, they kind of. But when I first saw that at the beginning, I was like, are they trying to act like we can't necessarily trust what we see if it's a flashback, which they kind of do there. But it's it's a cool little scene. What was the one thing with the uh, the monkeys? What kind of monkeys were those? It, that he falls down. He's like in the dark room, and they start lighting up all around him. I can't remember. Yeah, those those monkeys. Yeah, some kind of green eyeballed monkeys. Yeah, and they were monkeys. They were, in fact, monkeys. It was um, it was clever. I loved the sequences with, like you said, with uh, Clara. And with Missy, the whole thing with them being down in the Dalek poop sewers, um, 
Clara going into the Dalek. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, it was a it was a neat thought on immortality. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I've heard of like sci-fi stories where, um, it's like you don't you are immortal, but sucks to be you because you're floating through space. Yeah. So it's kind of like that idea. Yeah, but instead of floating through space, you're a turd wall. Yeah. Which, if you watch the episode, that's exactly what they were. It's walls of 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 a turd substance. I mean, that's exactly that's that's honest to god what it was. So. It was horrifying. Um, and, and a fitting end to Daleks. Yeah, I don't think they're dead though. You know why? No. Cause Doctor Who might as be well be a comic book. When it comes I mean, to true. character death. When it comes to death, anything anything like goes. Missy. Or the master before her. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not even talking about the doctor's regeneration. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, Gallifrey. That's a whole nother thing. You know, yeah, the whole up. planet. And and that didn't even happen until New Who. I mean, previously there were, you know, there was a whole race of Time Lords. The doctor had a family and children. And and then now all that's gone and all the Time Lords are gone. He's the only one. But wait, he's not the only one. There's the Master. And then, but wait, the Master's dead. Oh, but wait, now all of Gallifrey is actually back and was never really gone. Yeah, but who knows where it's at? Who even knows? Yeah. When I first saw the the veil lifted on... Uh, um, Scarrow. Scarrow. I thought, for a second, I thought it was Gallifrey. Me too. I was almost certain it was Gallifrey. And then suddenly, nope, it's Scarrow. Which is worse than Gallifrey. Yeah. Well, you know, Gallifrey, the Doctor would probably be nervous about because, hey, Time Lords, they're pretty bad sometimes. But, sure, you know, it's like the difference between purgatory and hell. <laughs> I guess that's true. Um, so the whole thing where they put Clara inside the Dalek shell, which is basically a small tank. Uh, she sits back inside of it. Missy opens up and uh, she sits back. By the way, Missy pulls a little pin off of her dress and says that this is made of some kind of an alloy that can pierce Dalek casing. Yeah, she does. Remember that? I remember that. And uh, Clara's like, that's not going to work. She's like, yeah, well. Cla- Missy is insane. She is certifiably insane. Yeah, more so than... The master before her, and by the master before yes. I mean the version. Oh, granted, the the master right before her was like insane, insane, and like a not like the Joker insane, which is how I feel the Missy is now, but like a yeah, it has issues insane in the sense that yeah, w- w- the drums, the drums, yeah, and also the whole he couldn't function, whereas Missy can function, she just functions in evil ways. She is um, conniving. She is self-serving. What about when she and Clara are sitting there at the beginning of the first episode when she's got all the planes paused? Yeah. And and, uh, she just starts zapping people and killing them? She's just a sociopath. Or maybe even a... (laughs) She's... Maybe a psychopath, too. Most... Most surely. And she kills a guy, and then she's like... Oh, he was... I think he was married. Looks like he had a wedding ring on. Probably has kids. Probably had kids. Yeah. Or right after she just, you know, zapped him and sent him into oblivion. Like I said, the Joker. But did she? 
Yeah, maybe they're all in some water tank somewhere as skeletons. Yeah, exactly. Or in that, like, hard drive, like in the last season. Yeah, that's the same thing I'm referring to. Word. Whoops. Um, so, overall, um, we barely even talked about, like, what happens with the Doctor and with Davros and all that, but um, I feel like this was a great opening to the season. Yeah, I mean, it involved a classic villain and another classic villain with a new twist, and the classic evil race of enemies. Yeah. I mean, in terms of things that get Doctor Who fans going, they brought they basically brought everything to the table here. Yeah, and had some good dialogue as well. Some great dialogue. And there were some interesting things that were explored, um, you know, like we talked like the about. sewers. What happens to Daleks, the Dalek poop sewers. And Clara being inside of the Dalek shell, Missy basically runs an experiment where she has her try to say certain things, like Alan mentioned in the synopsis, like, I love you. Um, and things like that, and they they come out translated in a different way. <clears throat> you know, like when she said, "My name is Clara Oswald." The the shelling would just say, "I am a Dalek." Yeah, that it's that the Daleks are. It's showing to me. It was showing two things. First of all, it was showing, um, you know how that uh, the what's the word I'm looking at? Well, I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say the mindset behind the creation of these creatures was truly evil. I mean... Yeah, they're... It's not just that they are creatures that became evil or that were taught evil. It's at their core. They are incapable of good. Yes. But it also created this this thought that what if the creature inside... And, and I know this isn't true because at, at times, you know, throughout Doctor Who, we have had interactions with just the squid monster that lives inside the casing. But even if a Dalek inside that shelling were to try and say something along the lines of, I love you or thank you or any good thing, it would be interpreted as evil coming out. It would be interpreted as exterminate. Yeah. Because everything that Clara would say that wasn't in, wasn't up to Dalek standards came out as exterminate exactly right basically any expression of true emotion would come out as exterminate and once she became really hyped up it would cause her uh, blasters to fire off yeah because they're powered by emotion which is insane yeah it's how they charge it's their battery by yelling exterminate you know it's it almost makes them high concept the, the fact that their weaponry is based on their ability to express emotions. I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. Because, I mean, you think of a gun, you just think you pull a trigger. But the trigger is emotion. Yeah, it's a, it's a gun of love or hate. And so here you have Missy and Clara working together. And Clara doesn't trust Missy for a second. She hates her, obviously. Um, but Clara is making her way through. The doctor gets loose. He's with Missy. They're trying to make their escape. They come up on this Dalek, and Clara is trying to tell the doctor, it's me, it's Clara, and she's saying, I am a Dalek, I am a Dalek. That's all it's saying, and she doesn't know how to get out. Missy comes up with the ability to clear the air, tell her that it's Clara, and instead she tells the doctor that this is the Dalek that killed Clara. 
Yeah, and the doctor's like, oh, no, you didn't. But he's more level-headed than that. He, he doesn't trust Missy. No, he doesn't. And Clara continues as the Dalek to try and plead with him, and she starts begging for mercy. And the doctor doesn't understand how they can even comprehend mercy. Yeah, because Daleks don't understand anything besides hate and violence. This is true. Yeah. But after a short, tense moment with Clara weeping inside <clears throat> and the doctor using his smarts, he figures out who it is, tells her to think open, and it would open. And, of course, Clara is in there. And he looks at Missy and basically tells her to run. And she does. We don't know what's going to happen with her. She winds up parlaying with the Daleks. And the doctor romps back off to whatever planet he was on where he met Davros. Uses the blaster that he took off of a Dalek to exterminate all of the hand mines and saves Davros, teaching him a lesson in mercy. Yeah, he's like, never forget mercy because one day I need to save Clara. That's right. That's right. In regular Doctor Who time travel, wibbly-wobbly fashion. Straight up. And then after that, they showed a preview for the next episode. Oh, they did? Mm -hmm. You know what the next one's called? Um, episode three. Exactly. But in all seriousness, I can't remember what it's going to be. Uh, neither do I. Under the Lake. Which sounds terrifying. Indeed it does. Yeah, and it shows people running around in like a water facility. Ghosts? Oh yeah, because it had like uh, an Ebenezer Screws look looking ghost running around. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that, but um, this episode succeeded in making me excited for Series 9. Kind of restored some of that faith in Moffat. You know, he wrote these episodes and those last two from the end of Series 8 were pretty not great as we discussed, but I think this is a great start to a new season and I'm very hopeful for what's yeah, coming. Likewise. We do know that this is Clara's last season. Sad times or is it? Well, you know, it is, it's sad to see a companion go, but I think it's time for her to move. Yeah. On. She's been around for what? Three seasons now. Um, Two yeah, it'll, it, it'll be three seasons. If she gets to the end of this season, just about, it wasn't a full season. Her first season wasn't quite a full season, but I think it was most of us. Yeah. All right, so this has been our first episode of TARDIS Time. Thanks for listening in. Like I said, my name is Paul Shirley. You can find me on Twitter at JollyGreen05. You can find Alan on Twitter at KAllenBoone. That's me. Uh, feel free to tweet us about the show. If you want to send us a letter, um, well, I guess for now you can just send a letter to the same place we used before, which would be Ancillary characters at gmail.com. We can still receive that. And if we change that, we'll let you know going forward. And of course, we also do another podcast called Turtle Jump, a video game podcast. It's true, of your heart and mind. It is. And uh, since this show is up on iTunes, it'll be its own feed. iTunes reviews are a huge help. So if you're going to listen in and you like the show, please do us a big favor. Go give us a five-star review. We will love you forever. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. 